In the 1970s, a remarkable novel, Roots, was published by Alex Haley, and uh, it became a very fine uh, TV miniseries, and uh, it shook the world in the 1970s. It tells the story of a proud African boy, Kunta Kinte, captured in the Gambia, West Africa, manacled and chained, shipped in appalling conditions to America. And between 1525 and 1866, many, many millions of African women, children and men were chained cargo. Um, at least two million died on the journey in chains. And in this novel, Roots, which is part fiction, part, part fact, uh, the author, Alex Haley, he, he traced all his descendants. Uh, it, it's a story that tells of many generations of slaves. And as a white, comfortable, middle-class schoolboy living in leafy Surrey, Roots was the novel for me and my friends which first shone a torch on the horrors of slavery. Uh, it seemed barely credible, frankly, that it could have happened at the time to me and, and on a, such an industrial scale. And when they arrived, these men, women, children were taken in chains to slave markets where white people inspected them naked, forced open their mouths to inspect teeth and then bought and sold them, took them back in chains to work their land. They worked long, hard days and suffered every possible abuse the whip and the lash on their back being the least of their sufferings. A significant part of the world, including Britain, was involved in this slave trade, and many men became extremely rich by enslaving and selling other people and by using them for slave labour. And, um, well, some of the grand houses you see in London were built from the proceeds of slave labour. As I said in one of my assemblies last week, when the Emancipation Proclamation came in uh, 1863 in the States, American slaves may have been freed, but unlike their white counterparts, they were given no land and thus no economic base. And that injustice, that inequality still remains in large measure in our society today. The image of George Floyd, who died at the hands of the police in the States, is an image no one can forget. But at the back of our minds is an uneasy sense that no white person would have been treated in that way. And further, not even at the back of our minds, but at the front, is that there are many George Floyds. And he has become a symbol now of generations of injustice. And that the video became viral is frankly the kind of virus we want images that spread from person to person such that in a matter of moments images of injustice can be seen around the world for what they are there have been and continue to be demonstrations including in this country um, i have to say that not all demonstrations appear to be socially distanced and this is a cause for concern but nevertheless no one can deny the sense of justifiable rage that so much is still so wrong. A symbol of injustice for many was the 
statue erected in Bristol at the end of the 19th century to honour Edward Colston. Colston's hometown was Bristol, and he was seen as a philanthropist. He lived in a huge house with many servants, and he gave money generously to build schools, to build churches. A great man. But where did he get his money from? Well, much of it was from the transportation, the buying and selling of slaves. And to modern sensibilities, it is offensive to see a statue erected in honour of such a man. And on Saturday, in full view of the police, the statue was pulled down and rolled into the water, into the harbour. The Home Secretary, Priti Patel, the government cabinet minister in charge of law and order, said the actions were shameful and has warned those responsible you will face justice. And indeed this is the role of government to enforce law and order. But curiously, the police commander in charge that day, Superintendent Andy Bennett, commented later that he could see criminal damage taking place in front of him, and yet he ordered his police officers to stand back and to do nothing. And in a statement, Superintendent Andy Bennett said, whilst I do not condone criminal damage of any sort, I fully support the actions of my officers. They responded with common sense, sound judgment, and in the best interest of public safety. And he went on, can you imagine scenes of police in Bristol fighting with protesters who were damaging the statue of a man who is reputed to have gathered much of his fortune through the slave trade? This police officer is paid by the taxpayer to enforce law and order. He knew what the correct legal response was, but he chose not to act. And he would argue that he asked himself not what the correct legal response was, but what he felt was the right thing to do. And the police commander has been vilified by some by encouraging turning a blind eye to lawlessness, by failing to control the crowd. But there are some who believe he did the right thing. And my question for you, boys and girls, is if you were the commissioner of police, what would you do? If one of your officers failed to enforce the law, failed to stop criminal damage taking place by allowing the protesters to roll this statue into the water, what action would you take? And did this police superintendent do the right thing? Now, right now, uh, those responsible for toppling the statue uh, are in the process of being identified from video footage. And then you might want to ask, once the protesters are identified and brought to a criminal court before a jury, what might happen then? And this is one for you all to discuss today with your friends and family.